For over 5,000 years of documented history, people have been using the cannabis plant as medicine. From ancient Chinese medical journals to the modern-day dispensaries, cannabis and its many medical uses have found their way to every continent on Earth. Today, as the prohibition against this plant is slowly being lifted around the world and our technological capacity grows exponentially, we finally have the opportunity to discover what this plant is truly capable of. Please join me, Matthew Myro, as I speak with the remarkable innovators working at the cutting edge of these discoveries. This is the Edge of Cannabis Medicine. This episode is brought to you by MJ.com and their brand new medical platform that they're rolling out in the San Francisco Bay Area. Have you visited MJ.com? MJ.com is the most trusted information source for all things cannabis. Whether you're a medical marijuana patient looking to find the right doctor or a consumer looking for exclusive savings at your favorite dispensary, MJ.com can bring you your favorite products right to your front door. Or maybe you're just a lover of the cannabis culture looking for the best original articles, interviews, podcasts, and educational information. MJ.com is the number one place to find everything you need. Visit MJ.com today. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to this episode of the Edge of Cannabis Medicine podcast. You're here because you are curious about cannabis as a medicine, and you know that this is the place to be if you want the latest, best information from expert sources to learn as much as possible about this incredible healing plant. Do me a favor, head over to Apple or Stitcher or wherever it is that you're listening to this and leave me a review so I can know how I'm doing, how I can improve, what you want to hear, what can be better for you, the listener, or just email me. Matthew at edgeofcannabismedicine.com is how you'll find me and I'd love to hear from you. Anything that you care to share is great with me. I read every single email, that's for sure, because I want to be able to keep bringing you incredible guests like today's guest, Melinda Toussaint. She is a family nurse practitioner, owns her own clinic in the D.C. area, and she has been helping people with her wisdom, with her military background. She is a wealth of information and a lovely, lovely woman. We dive into all sorts of topics about entrepreneurship, about race, and about healing and wellness. And I think you're really going to enjoy this episode with Melinda Toussaint. I am Matthew Myro, and this is the Edge of Cannabis Medicine podcast. And today's guest is Mrs. Melinda Toussaint. Ms. Toussaint is a board-certified family nurse practitioner working in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Mrs. Toussaint graduated top of her class, obtaining a Master's of Science in Nursing at Bowie State University. She's a cum laude graduate at North Carolina Agriculture and and Technical State University and served in the U.S. Army Reserves as a trauma nurse with the rank of first lieutenant. She also received training as a holistic health practitioner and master herbalist. In autumn of 2017, Mrs. Toussaint, along with her sister and college best friend, established Mary Care Wellness as a holistic wellness practice specializing in physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional wellness, which provides medical cannabis recommendations to those who qualify. 
Melinda is also a devoted wife and mother, active member of her church, and a passionate cannabis educator and advocate. Melinda, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me today. Oh, it's my pleasure for sure. So I wanted to dive in, and one thing that you had mentioned, well, let's, uh, let's rewind a little bit. How did you actually get your start in the medical cannabis industry? Well, it really started with um, my own personal experience. I, too, have suffered with many health conditions with like chronic pain from being in the military. And for those who in the who is currently in the military or is a veteran, they know a lot, um, a lot about how rigorous is on in the um it is for the body. And um, so it came to a point that I almost got into a fatal car accident, being on physician prescribed um, medication like narcotics and muscle relaxants. And I just knew first, I'm too young to die. (laughs) I have family. And then so um, I then started to seek my own natural remedies to help alleviate my conditions. And um, And my college best friend, she had a rare type of cancer, which she was using to help um, provide uh, and also provide relief to her cancer treatment and um, naturally. So that is when I started to like explore cannabis living in the state of Maryland. It is currently legal. And also at the same time, um, I had a son who had chronic eczema that we had to like wrap his limbs with bandages. And since I was in um, natural medicine school, I learned even more about it and um, shared with my husband, like, maybe this is something that we could try on our son. And he was completely against it until like, I guess he was kind of feeling a bit helpless and, you know, sorry for our son. And just within less than a week of applying um, cannabis oil onto it. He did not have any eczema at all until this day. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's nothing like that firsthand experience to make you want to die. Right. And now my husband is now like an advocate. Like he totally like changed his career. He was on the path of being an attorney and helping with abuse and neglect children. And he's also a cannabis advocate from his personal experience. Wow, that's great. So it's a whole family affair. It is. Yeah. Even my kids could kind of like talk about it, but I'm like, don't share with everyone. Not everyone is so receptive. So. <laughs> I know yeah. it's, it's, it's a funny place where it's legal in so many of these states. Uh, another right. fellow that I interviewed, he was talking about his kids and he has, he's a geneticist. So he has a seed company and his son wanted to put the, uh, the seed company sticker on his water bottle. He's like, you know what? <laughs> You're 10. That's probably not a good idea. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So how have you moved into this clinic? How has your time been in actually recommending the medicine? Recommending. Yes, it has been um, great. So I first we started in like the D.C. because D.C. was first um, on the um, East Coast in this area. And then we moved on to Maryland and also this year, Virginia, um, of recommending them for their conditions. And typically, like with my consultation, I don't I don't just provide the recommendation and do the assessment. I really love to educate them and teach patients on how to customize picking out their different products of specifically to help with their conditions based off 
the cannabinoid and the terpene profile. Yeah, that's great. That's great. There's so much research to be done. So I imagine you probably spend a lot of your time reading just to know and be up to date. Yes, but it's very exciting because I'm very passionate about it. So it just feels like I'm reading like a favorite book or article. So it feels um, effortless. Sure. And you mentioned that you're a cannabis consultant as well. What does that look like? So with my cannabis consulting, I um, typically help like the novice patients or users of how to, um, with their dosing, how cannabis works, like the fundamental. Then I also help like other medical providers because a lot of times people think like medical providers, like since it's legal, they're on board, but there is, they still too also have so much stigma. So knowledge is power. So um, I provide education to the medical provider, how like really this is beneficial. I know we have like big farmer always like knocking at our door, be like prescribe this, prescribe that and all. But I teach them how they could use, um, offer cannabis to their patients and um, how it could therapeutically help their conditions. Also with like dispensary or industry workers, like doing group educational sessions um, to them so that they can know like, again, you know, the fundamentals of cannabis and how to educate the their patients that walk into their door. And also those who just want to get an edge on getting hired into the cannabis industry of, you know, walking with a bit of knowledge, I educate them as well and do some like keynote speaking and um, interviews and, you know, videos, just like, you know, I'm doing with you today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's so important, this work about around the education, because like you said, there still is a stigma. And even physicians who should really know better by now, but they don't. And they need just as much education as the patients do in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And the reason why, because even if you get the most, you know, accredited um, or educated medical provider and all that, it's just that the, it's not taught in our educational system. Our um, educational system that's going through um, medical school or even nurse practitioner school, typically the model is here's a disease um, and here are the medication that will help provide relief to it. But of course, it's not a cure. It's just putting a Band-Aid on it. But really, you want to get to the root cause to really help that patient. Yeah, definitely. And I, I really like what you said there. It, it's about wellness. Mm-hmm. And so your center, you said, focuses on emotional health and spiritual health. And these are all aspects of wellness. It's not just, you know, there's something wrong with your body. Let's throw a pill at it to try to fix mm-hmm. that. There are deeper issues. What? How have things like your faith and your experience, how have those things brought you to this holistic health model? Well, I always just love like um, nature and just me being a spiritual person. Like um, I pray every day, you know, I meditate and all that. So I do practice what I preach. Probably not, you know, there's some days um, probably not at the best of it, but I always try to do my best every day. And also to like make positive impact into anyone who um, I um, come in contact with. That is something my mom taught me at a young age. And um, it really brought me, um, making me more aware with myself and um, my capabilities and helping others and 
really being more in tune, like with my health and wellness and what my body needs, because I realized when you do, when you, um, ingest or, um, steer away from like toxins and toxins environment and also have moments to yourself to meditate and like hone in or when you're like in with Nate um around nature you just kind of become more in tune of what your body needs like physically mentally um emotionally nutritionally and all of that it's kind of like a great awakening yeah I, I completely agree. I had a doctor on last week who was emphatic about the spiritual health and how cannabis can be so beneficial there. It's it's powerful medicine, not, it is. not just it physically. Yeah, and it really helps like um with that brain fog and awareness and um, you know, decalcifying that pituitary gland gland or your third eye. It's just like makes you just feel like one with people, nature, and just realizing how we're just all connected. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, so you mentioned that you are creating mastermind courses. Would you mind to speak to yes, that Yes, I am. So I'm in the process of really more streamlining um, like my educational um experience um with different mastermind courses of like teaching the fundamentals to you know the general population or whoever is interested in knowing and to provide um support with their conditions um as well as i'm creating one with telehealth um or telemedicine like for um medical professionals because you know due to this covid situation we realize how we really need to have like some type of online or uh, video conferencing um within our practice because some people are still very wary of going out in public or or being around people so we just have to move with technology and meet the patients where they are yeah Exactly, exactly. And so this this is where you're creating these different instructional videos as well then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What's that process been like for you? Challenging, you know, because first like brainstorming of how I want to format the different modules and creating videos and um, adding different like graphics on. But I have a great support system and people to assist me. So we just like create um you know brainstorm together of how to make it you know work and appeasing to the eye and um and also um marketed and all of that that goes along with it so people could um reach me yeah exactly it's (laughs) you know i had the idea of having a podcast and it's like okay cool i love talking to people i love being curious and finding out more about people i didn't realize that i had to be an audio editor a marketer <laughs> a video editor i had to learn all these things it's like okay so anytime we step into something especially when you're creating video courses and things like that it's like you know you think you're doing one thing and really you're doing 10 20 different things yes and especially just being an entrepreneur where like you hit the nail on the head like when you get an idea of like how many different aspects and you just don't know you just know you're passionate about one thing and you want to get that out there but there's all these different steps of you know Um, knowing your population who will probably you know search for you the keywords the hashtags and 
marketing, publicity, and on and on and on in time as you're trying to still balance your life. Balance your life. Exactly. So if you don't mind me asking, this this whole current state of affairs that we have going on in this country around police brutality and systemic racism and in the cannabis industry specifically, you know, the war on drugs, we can obviously say that it's been a war on minorities. And as a black woman in this industry, how has your experience been? Have you found to be affected by this at all? Well, yes, because I do remember um, when I was younger, a personal experience. Sometimes I get emotional. I already feel my voice cracking up. But um, I remember I was driving in Virginia one time and then I was driving with my dad. And uh, my dad was like, oh, they're following us. They're following us. And I was like, dad, you know, what are you talking about? There's no one following us. He was like, they're following us. I'm like, okay, there he goes, paranoid. And um, in the society. And then right when we were about to cross the border into another county, literally there was like 20 or more unmarked police cars that raided and surrounded us. And I just remember like as um, a child, just like seeing my dad pulled out of the car and then like just seeing like the fear in his eye of like, is this going to be my last day? You know, my daughter is right there watching me. And I remember hearing on the radio of that, they said, oh, mistaken identity. And, um, but yet they still dragged my dad out of the car, slammed him on the trunk and stuff. And we also heard the um, come to find out they were looking for two young black guys that had um, locks. And I was a young black child with straight hair. My dad, he, um, older, he had gray hair. And yet they chose him and only because he had a BMW. Like that was the only matching description, a gray BMW. And I remember asking my dad, you know, why don't you do something about it? And he was like, you know, the society fits. who can I run to? What are they going to do? And um, that was my own personal experience. So looking at what's going on in the news, it really does hone in um, that it is real. And um, there is a injustice out there in our system is feeding into it. So it's not until like, yes, we're protesting and all that, but what are we really going to do? Like money talks because there are other um, communities, like for instance, the Jewish communities, they don't mess with them because they have money. They created their own businesses. They're enrooted in their, you know, um, um, like, in in their population, they're all helping each other. But as black people, you know, money talks. Sometimes people think like, oh, we don't have the money, but really within um, our community, we own over $1.3 trillion that could purchase many countries that could purchase, you know, uh, many white prestigious colleges and still have money left over. HBCUs still have money left over. We could have banks and all that, like build back, build back like the Black Wall Street and stuff like that. So really it goes down to um, money, like just don't support those businesses that are against Black or brown people or have um, 
forced or the ones that do support like racial organizations. So um, like with Rosetta Parks, what they had to do was they boycott. They did not go on the bus for over a year. They walk to their jobs or whatever they had to do or um, taxi services. And then that's what brought the change. So we just have to, our money talk, stop supporting those industries that are harming black and brown people. Yeah, that's great advice. And that's a, that's a unique perspective. I haven't heard that yet. So I was trying to figure out how to better educate myself, better educate my listeners and, and people in the cannabis industry specifically, because this is, you know, this is a place for, it's ripe for entrepreneurs. And we need to make sure that everybody has the same access to these different licenses and certificates and, and the medicine. So right. thank you for, thank you for that. I appreciate no it. No problem. And, and, you know, another thing is like, unfortunate with this cannabis industry, you know, being a black woman, it's like still our counterparts are in jail for doing what I am supporting. So it's like a double-edged sword. And even like, sometimes people feel like, oh, that's a blast for me because just a year ago, people were having a felony for what now they could walk into a dispensary and purchase and, you know, legally could use it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. So there's a new organization called the last prisoner project, which Mm -hmm. just getting involved with. And, you know, their goal is just that it's like, Anybody who is in prison right now for cannabis or cannabis related charges needs to be let out because it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's just ridiculous. Cool. So what else do you have going on at your clinic that you want to share? Um, um, so another aspect of my clinic with wellness, I really help um, those who have chronic diseases that are just tired of taking all this prescribed medication that they realize it's making them sick or not alleviating their conditions. So I help naturally um, customize like different types of supplements that will help provide relief to their condition. Like for instance, you know, I had fibromyalgia and I had like a lot of muscle spasms. So um, a natural um, anti-spasm relief is magnesium. Just by simply increasing your intake of magnesium help relax the muscles and um, which helps with muscle spasms, insomnia, tension, headaches, stress, um, heart issues, and all of that. So instead of being on a muscle relaxant, just increase your magnesium intake or take the supplement to help. So different like natural substitutes like that um, help my patients get weaned off of their medication under doctor's supervision, of course. Of course, of course. And do you, does your clinic work closely with specific physicians in order to be able to pass that information back and forth? No. Kind of standalone. Yeah, it's standalone. Um, so the great thing is um, with being a, nurse, a family nurse practitioner in the state of Maryland, um, we could work independently without physician supervision. Um, unlike some other states, it's kind of um, like a physical assistant, you know, like a PA. We have to work underneath a doctor. Um, but I'm able to independently like run my own practice and um, provide my recommendations and help support my patients get relief from their chronic diseases. That's great. Do you have any other tips, any specific supplements or things that you recommend to most everybody that maybe our listeners can 
get some good value from? Oh, yes. Ooh, what are my favorite supplements? Um, well, we do have a supplement, which I love, is called OPC3, um, which really is a powerful anti-inflammatory and antioxidant, which helps support um, or stabilize blood pressure, blood sugar, um, cholesterol, help improve circulation. So anything dealing with like the heart and blood, it really um, helps support that Um so that is one of my single most favorite um, products um, that is exclusive to our company. And the next thing that I love is um, anything that's boosting the immune system is helpful because because um, that's the thing, because our body is made to self-heal. So if you give the body the nutrients that it needs, it could self-heal because um, really disease is a balance of nutrients and toxins. It's either too much toxins and not enough nutrients that causes disease. But um, with wellness, you have all the antioxidants, you have all the nutrients that your body needs to self-heal. And also detox regularly. Yes, 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 yes. So physical detox, technical technology detox, all these things. Uh, Right, exactly. So important. Yeah, emotional detox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stay away from people that mess with your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, toxic people and toxic yeah. environment. Uh, so I'm curious about your um, your military service. And so I know I've spoken to different veterans that get put on the, the combat cocktail when they get out and, and they're just high all the time, basically. Mm-hmm. And that they don't have any control over what's going on and their doctor tells them to do it, so they do. And then... It deteriorates everything from their brain function to their physical body function. And so you had mentioned briefly that you were experiencing some of that. Would you mind to go into that a little more? Yes, it's it's interesting because I've been on um, both sides. So like, um, because I end up having to get medically discharged because of my conditions. And at the same time, I also used to be um, a be a disability examiner. So I saw those patients who had all these issues and evaluated them for their disability. So, and um, it's, it really all goes down to who is evaluating you um, because I found out like for those who didn't have a military background, they're like, oh, they must be faking it. I'm like, oh, you don't know what we um, go through in the military, especially, you know, physically and mentally. Um, But um, I did enjoy my time in the military while I was in there and salute to all the veterans and service members, but it is definitely physically challenging on the body. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. you found that cannabis was a good kind of a savior for that. Yes, it definitely did um, help. You know, with cannabis, it's just it is one aspect of wellness because we have this beautiful endocannabinoid system, which creates balance and stability within ourselves. It's kind of like a homeostasis. And it's interesting because some conditions are due to an endocannabinoid deficiency. So with use of cannabis, or activating your endocannabinoid system by way of cannabis is one or meditation is another. Fish oil or omega-3s, um, helpful 
Sometimes people like um, exercising that gives a runner's high. So all of those things that bring pleasure and excitement to the body does help support your endocannabinoid system. So it's not only by the way of cannabis, it's physically and also mentally that help relieve the endorphins to feed into your endocannabinoid system. Yeah, I was reading that... Um that dark chocolate and rock account yes. can increase your, your anandamide. So that's cool. Exactly. Yep. Because our body naturally make um, cannabis like com- um, compounds, like you said, anandamide. And we also have cannabis receptors that um, help facilitate that lock in key and just make it um, work well in your body and provide that balance. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. And then it was only discovered just in the nineties. So I'm sure that you as a cannabis educator, you probably are even some of the older physicians and practitioners you might run into, they might even know about it because it wasn't part of their curriculum at all. It wasn't even known about when they're probably going to med school. Exactly. It wasn't. But it's interesting because in the early 1900s and prior, cannabis was in every type of medicine, like cough syrup, sleep medicine, blood pressure, and all of that because they understood how we needed that in our system. So you would have saw like cannabis sativa plus whatever else on the ingredients, but unfortunately they removed it from, you know, our curriculum. Cause like I said previously in school, they only just teach about here's a disease, here's a medication for it. And all these diagnostic studies and all of that, but they little is taught about nutrition and prevention. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So I have one last question for you. I'm going to be conscious of our time here. Um, what is the one single change that you think is most important to see within the medical cannabis industry? Really? Um, prevention because um, when doing the certifications in different states, they have all these lists of different ailments, okay, that you could recommend cannabis for, but you should also think about prevention, like have them, let's say just use CBD so that it's feeding into the endocannabinoid system and it will help provide many different types of relief. So some other medical providers, they don't even, you know, recommend it because it's not like, you know, A, B, C, D of these conditions are checked off. Um, As far as myself, I do, you know, educate my patients and also provide recommendations. Like even though if they might not have a list of these chronic diseases like cancer or chronic pain and all of that, but if they're like anxious or have difficulty sleeping, having racing thoughts or not, or depressed or like have mood imbalances and all, um, cannabis can help alleviate that. So I wish they would provide that as one of the list on the recommendation list, you know, to offer patients. And instead of it being the last choice or the final choice, rather that why can't it be the first choice? Like, hey, let's try this. And if that doesn't work, maybe we could do something else. Yeah, that's great. Because why not try an herbal remedy first before you put some kind of synthetic drug in that has a long list of side effects and you don't know what's going to happen? Exactly. Because our model is first do no harm. So you want to do the things that it's, it's a balance, you know, when we are choosing how to help our patients, like, is this 
something going, um, have all these benefits with little harm to the patient, then yes, we should move forward to it. But maybe if something can help, but it has all these side effects and adverse reactions, then we should not recommend that. And a lot of like, people are going to get on me about this, but a lot of medications and even vaccinations, I know people are probably going to send me emails. They do a lot of harm to the body. They do. So that's why people are getting sicker and sicker on more medications every year. They start off with one and then end up a couple years later, end up having to take like five, 10, 20 different types of medication. And um, going back to cannabis, the great thing about cannabis, you don't need a, a pill for this or a tablet for that. Based off the cannabinoids and terpenes that you could essentially get like one or two different products to help with a lot of different conditions in one. Yeah. You know, my, my grandfather is 98 years old. I think he had two vaccinations in his life. <laughs> he's he's made it a pretty long time without whatever the 160 that they have now or however yeah, many that there it's are. it's growing. And now yeah. a coronavirus vaccine. So I'm like, oh, Lord. Okay. Yeah. yeah this is what see. it's coming down to. But just know your rights as far as, you know, with vaccines and waivers and find other alternatives before medication. But, you know, medication does have its place. Um, but I don't think it should always be like the first choice. Yeah, I couldn't possibly agree more. All right, well, Melinda, where can folks find you at? Um, well, I'm on a lot of social media platforms. So um, most places, Mary Care Wellness on Instagram, Facebook. Um, I'm on um, Yelp, Google, Marijuana Doctors, Weed Maps, Alternative Pain Directory, Bark, Align, and so much more. So just Google Mary Care Wellness. So that is M-A-R-I-C-A-R-E wellness.com great and i'll definitely provide that in the show notes so so if you don't remember you can look over into the show notes and link from there too well thank you so much for your time melinda i really appreciate it and i hope you have a beautiful rest of your day same here thank you for your time it's been great Thank you so much, folks, for sticking through to the end and listening to this episode with Melinda Toussaint. I hope that you enjoyed it and got as much out of it as I did. She's an incredible woman. She shared really beautiful stories about her own personal experience with healing and cannabis, with her son, with her best friend, and and even some really incredible pointers on how we can learn from this current situation around race and racism. She's a powerful woman doing incredible things in this world, and I'm so grateful to have been able to have her on the show. And so if you haven't already, please go over and give me a rating on Apple or Stitcher or wherever it is you're listening to this. And until next time, my friends, stay healthy and enjoy yourselves. This Edge of Cannabis Medicine podcast is copyright EM2P2 Inc. 2020. All rights reserved. Podcast use and availability is governed by terms and disclaimers available at edgeofcannabismedicine.com forward slash terms. I'm your host, Matthew Myro, and thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.